Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. You're with uh, Tom and Riz on Saturday morning. Today is Saturday, the 15th of July, 2023. And welcome to our second episode of uh, Saturday Extra. Riz, how are we? Going well, Tom, going well. Sorry I had to unmute there, but yeah, going well. It's uh, um, early morning here in, in Australia, but you know, we've got all the all the news lined up. There's a lot happening. Oh, there's so much happening that we had to put on a second show each week. So <clears throat> thank you to everyone who's uh, made the commitment to join us this Saturday morning, uh, well, in Australia. And uh, yeah, I guess well, possibly Friday night uh, or Friday evening uh, elsewhere in the world. So welcome. Um, if you're listening to us on audio podcast, uh, hello and welcome as well. And uh, yeah, if you're watching on replay, thanks so much. Make sure you leave a comment as well. Uh, we've got some people joining us already. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we've got our regular uh, Kevin from Lakeland, Florida. Nice to see you there, Kevin, as always. Uh, Jeremy Gordon. Hi, Tom and Riz in the UK. I could join live on Thursday evening, but Saturday morning is better for me. Now I'm back in Australia. Thanks for joining us. And Sate, uh, greetings. Hello. Riz, a uh, huge week as always. Uh, what do you want us to talk about first? Um, yeah, quite a few things happening. I think, uh, well, one of the one of the biggest things this week has sort of, you know, a bit, bit understated uh, yet has been uh, sort of the new, well, the launch of the 2024 Lotus Altair. Oh, Altair? Altair? Yeah, I think, I think that's what they call it. Um, it's Lotus's first attempt at an electric SUV. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it seems to be, quite good in many ways particularly how quickly it charges um there's been uh charging tests showing charges up to 300 kilowatts at the right sort of charger um looks cool but i think it's going to be quite expensive um so we're probably aiming closer to um Ninety thousand pounds as a starting price, so it'd be close to two hundred thousand dollars here in Australia. Yeah, I can't imagine anything with a Lotus brand will be cheap, but it certainly looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, uh, Riz. Uh, Alita, Alita, as you said. Um, yeah, whatever it is, it's um pretty uh pretty sporty looking. I guess uh, can you call it a compact SUV? Um, yeah, pretty much. It you know in in the in the ice world, it looks a little bit similar to Lamborghini's attempt at an SUV. Mm. Um, but yeah, this looks cool. It's uh, early sort of testing uh, from Europe and other places shows it's performs pretty well, pretty comfortable, uh, lots of nice interior mm. and everything else that comes with it. Um, Lotus is partly owned by Geely Holdings that owns Volvo and Polestar. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, I know people already in China that have had a chance to sit in it. And um, so Lotus has had it sort of coming for a while, but it's their first attempt and very interesting compared to what Lotus is normally used to. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't mind the interior, actually. It's um, it's fairly minimalistic, I guess. Um, you've got the little binnacle thing at the front there, front of the steering wheel. And then you've got the big screen in the middle, so kind of what we're used to now with EVs. Um, and now the side mirrors are digital, as some of the EVs now are as well. So, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Any chances to come to Australia? Uh, I, I think it will, yeah. They are promoting it on their main website as hmm. such. So when it does land, it will be 
like we said, fairly expensive, but at the same time, you know, some people may want the look of this car. And, um, well, I guess, you know, Lotus plays a big role in Tesla's history, as we know with the Roadster. So um, at least the chassis, and I think early days, Lotus engineers worked pretty closely with uh, Tesla's early stage startup engineering team um, to get the Roadster sort of right in many ways, although it didn't share too many parts with the uh, with the Lotus, I think it was the the Elise. Elise, yep. Um, but at the in the in the end, you know, it, it did play a big role in the EV world that we see today. That's right. And they're not mucking around here, are they? 112 kilowatt hour battery, uh, charging up to 350 kilowatts, 603 horsepower. Um, yeah, that's that's huge, really. And zero to sixty, which is close to zero to hundred uh, kilometers an hour, and two point nine. So. Very, very impressive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Lotus Australia, if you're watching, uh, very happy for Riz and myself to take a test in this uh, very nice-looking SUV. Thanks, Riz. Um, let's take some more comments uh, from the audience who've uh, made the commitment to join us nice and early on Saturday morning here in Australia. We've got Sate saying Tesla Malaysia, of course, launched uh, open uh, the sale of Model Y, cheapest in Asia and Australia, selling at uh, 64K. Uh, in the, I suppose it's two hundred forty thousand dollars in Singapore, or Thailand eighty four thousand. So cool, yeah. I can see there's some more uh, superchargers opening up in Malaysia as well. So great to see another entry into uh, Tesla's market. Uh, we've got uh, Peter saying uh, 2023.20.8 has just come through a few hours ago. That's great. Um, so he's installing now. Great. And Chris, hi Chris, nice to see you. Uh, he says good morning, Riz and Tom. And Jason also saying morning all as well. So thank you everyone for tuning in. And uh, of course, uh, if you watch on replay, say hello as well on the comments. Riz, uh, what's up next? Um, so uh, I think in the last 24 hours or so, um, we know Ford is having an attempt at electric cars. And one of their main uh, models is the Mustang Marquee. Now they have announced and sort of released a rally edition of the Mustang Mark E overnight. And their CEO has put out a tweet um, sort of showcasing it. It looks looks interesting. Um, might be, uh, well, given what Mustang will be selling here in Australia for their uh, top of the range, I think it's called the GT, um, which is close to $110,000. Uh, this might be the same price as a Lotus Altair by the time it comes here. Yeah, it looks pretty um, pretty angry, hey? Uh, you're right, it looks like more, very much like a rally car. Um, again, you know, Ford, if you're watching, love to take this out on the track, um, <laughs> possibly even out, out bush um, to try it out here in Australia. But, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, look, I'm glad to see more performance-type and racing-type EVs in the market. Um, certainly we need those to... Uh, influence others to get EVs, but no, it's very good. Um, nice little wing at the back there as well. So uh, great to see. Any specs here, or are these just pics? Uh, I think these are just pictures. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what they could possibly do. Um, maybe slightly higher output motors, uh, but I think it's this is probably going to be more styling. Uh, 
you know, the Mustang GT, I think, is 0 to 100 in about four seconds. So mm-hmm. it would be sort of similarly spec'd, I'd say. I mean, they don't want to make too many changes to this particular, well, the Mustang itself or marquee because they, you know, Jim Farley, the CEO himself, has said previously that this is our Generation 1 car and, you know, has publicly said some of the challenges that they've had with putting this together and if in the generation two cars those things will be changed so it's more styling also because the sales are dropping pretty much everywhere because it's not really an attractive proposition when compared to the tesla model y or some of the other offerings that are out there now yeah for sure i mean the you know tesla model 3 model y is certainly very good value as you hinted at Riz. so yeah i mean look good to see more offerings but um yeah, possibly different segments of the market that uh, Tesla is in. Um, Riz, on the <clears throat> topic of racing and performance, uh, let's touch briefly on the Ionic 5N that was announced yes. um, right after our Thursday stream, actually. Uh, what are your thoughts on this car? The, as they say, the future of performance is coming. Uh, that's that's the tagline. Um, looks angry, looks cool. I highly doubt you could replicate what they're showing in those images. Um, it makes you fearless and do the unthinkable yeah. to the limits. Yeah, so it's it, it, it's it's pretty pretty cool what they're trying to do, and you know, um, over the years, the performance versions of their ice cars, the the N editions, um, have been pretty popular, particularly amongst some of the. Uh, you know, car culture people that have been looking for something that looks a bit cool straight out of the factory. But now, I mean, with this car, I'd be very surprised. Once again, pricing, very surprised if it's under the price of a um, Kia EV6 GT, which is already approaching nearly $100,000 here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And Look, I've read stuff about this since the release. Um, apparently, you can actually shift gear, so it feels like an old ice car. Yeah. Uh, by shifting gear, I think the motor actually disengages from the powertrain real quick when you're shifting, so it feels like you're actually <laughs> changing gears. Um, 0 to 103.1, so that's nothing to sneeze at. That's actually pretty quick. Um, lots of horsepower. So, yeah, I mean, it's the Arctic 5 is not a small car, but, I mean, from these shots, it looks like a hot hatch, but... Is it too big to be a race car, you think? Um, well, it's sort of, I guess we were just touching on the Ford Mustang Marquee Rally Edition. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, if they did put rally drivers behind them, what they would think. But as a, uh, just an observer of the rallying um, around the world, I think it is a little bit bigger. And, you know, as we know, electric cars are, somewhat heavier and i believe this car is considerably heavier compared to a model y or a model y performance yeah yeah look hyundai australia if you're watching again uh yeah you, you'd think you would organize a track day for um for press right um <laughs> when you launch this in australia so yeah it's interesting to see what they do uh with this vehicle and some more shots uh, there just a fun fact i think um you know the holy grail of tracks is the Nuremberg ring in uh, Germany and I believe Hyundai bought it uh, a couple of years ago 
So I think they own the Nuremberg Rig now. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. That is very interesting. Okay, so maybe they, they are very serious about their racing. So good times ahead. Mm. Um, Jeremy Gordon, should I swap my Ionic uh, all drive for an Ionic 5N for a boost at the lights? Hey, why not? Why not? Go for it. <laughs> That's yes. what it's for. <laughs> you know, one, one of the things with electric cars is that they're so subtle, uh, like, you know, with, with their styling and the fact that they make not much noise. So they, I call them sleepers because, you know, you don't really, uh, see them as an attractive sort of hot hatch or whatever on them on the roads. So you can sort of, you know, not endorsing this, but you can somewhat get away from the cops because they don't <laughs> hear the big V8 or whatever, but right. this will stand out in that, yeah. in that paint. So if you're planning on doing it, follow the speed limit, only drag up to that sort of speed because otherwise you'll definitely get caught because they will think it's an ice car, especially if it's shifting gears and making noises and doing, whatever else Hyundai claims it can do now. <laughs> That's right. I forgot all the augmented sounds, right? Make it sound like a, a ice car again. You're right. At, you know, uh, Model 3, or Model Y, the lights doesn't rev. It just uh, quietly just uh, takes off. So that's right. You could potentially get away with it all. Uh, Ray says, hello, morning all. Hi, Ray. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining us nice and early on Saturday morning. Uh, Riz, what's next on the agenda? So, um now that the second quarter of the year is finished, a lot of the production numbers are coming out um, for different manufacturers. Um, Mercedes has done quite well in their electric vehicle sales. Um, they've had, uh, well, I think close to 100% or if not more uh, of an increase in the amount of electric vehicles that they've had a chance to sell in the second quarter of this year. Um it's good news for the brand. I think, you know, people in those luxury segments are looking for electric cars. And if that's not the writing on the wall, then, you know, the other brands have a lot to catch up on. Um, the only thing with this is that although globally their sales are increasing quite rapidly, here in Australia, it seems like Mercedes is not moving too many electric cars. Like, you know, I sort of, as you know, we we sort of track those electric vehicle uptake numbers month by month when they come out and Mercedes lineup is uh, yeah, quite um, hasn't seen the same amount of uptake in Australia as it has in Europe and other markets for uh, the, you know, the German luxury brand. Mm. It's a shame because I, I, you know, I see quite a few EQAs and uh, EQCs and I saw an EQE the other day uh, in Sydney. So they're not, you know, they're quite good-looking cars, I must say. Uh, you know, keeping keeping with the Mercedes brand, they make beautiful cars. Um, is, is what's the issue here? Is it because Mercedes Australia is not promoting it? The price is just too high in Australia. What what's the problem? Um, I, I think it's the same issue that a lot of the standard manufacturers have, which is, um, given Australia, there's no penalties for selling ICE vehicles, mm-hmm. and ICE vehicles are still very profitable for them at a global sense. Um, they want to use Australia, I guess, as a way to funnel these cars, but they're using electric vehicles to a certain degree as a way of promoting that they're all thinking about the future. So on their marketing material, a lot of electric cars are used, but in terms of supply, and the other thing, it could be possibly even be demand, but I can't understand 
when you're spending, you know, hundred plus thousand dollars on a car in 2023, why you would prefer uh, an ICE equivalent for those type of vehicles? Um, I'm not sure. And also, the other thing could be that the manufacturers, um, oh, sorry, the customers are seeing. Tesla and other electric vehicle brands as a more compelling offering. So those sales might be higher. Um, Volvo has done really well with their XC40 and the C40. That was a market I wasn't expecting to, you know, sort of take up. So I wonder if they are ex-Mercedes customers as well. So demand and supply, I think, into Australia is a bit of an issue for them. Yeah, good point. I'm seeing quite a few XC40s and C40s around as well. Um, some of my best videos are the XC40 in the um, you know, review as well. So, yeah, I think you're right, Riz. If you if someone who can splash out hundred thousand dollars plus on a vehicle, it, you know, someone who's actually quite smart with money, they're not just looking at loyalty with their Mercedes, you know, or BMW. They're actually looking around, going, "Well, what can I buy with this money?" Right. And as you said, Volvo's offering good good value. Tesla's offering good value. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless uh, unless Mercedes drop their price or you know they they off, actually offer good value here in Australia, then it's it's really hard to compete with other brands, um, as you mm. suggested. But like I said, they're great cars. Um, I've managed to I've test driven an EQC in the past. Um, be hopefully I can get a press car as well of an EQE or EQA, something like that. Would be great to, to have a look at. Um, all right, Riz, uh, that's good. It's good that Mercedes is uh, ramping up around the world. Hopefully we'll see more of that in Australia. Uh, anything else you got for us today? Um, so we've also seen a little bit of this, um, well, rumors and then also a bit of truth behind it. Uh, the new hardware that Tesla's planning on rolling out, uh, as they call it, Hardware 4. So these are upgraded cameras on their vehicles with higher resolution. I believe something to do with the computer itself as well. Um, the Model Y has in out of the States has started to see hardware for cameras and other bits being put in. Um, and there is an expert, uh, I think, in the, in the US, uh, Green the Only, that has been able to, that generally pulls apart these um, computers and other things in Teslas and knows quite a lot about it. Um, And according to him, what he's found when he uh, pulled the Model Y um, hardware for computer, as well as the the different components of it, um, they're missing a couple of things that the Model S and X, uh, when they got their upgrades earlier this year, have, um, which you know, could be interesting, but it also maybe this is Tesla's way of streamlining and reducing sort of complexity and cost in certain parts of it that um, for high volume cars like, you know, Model 3 and Y. So interesting to see what he's been able to pull out of here. But the gist of it is that the Model Y and 3 or the future 3, because they haven't had the update yet, um, are not going to have some of the more advanced hardware for functionality that Model S and X will have. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? I'm just reading through the fact that um, 
Uh, it's confirming what uh, Elon Musk, I think, or Tesla, one of the engineers said during a recent meeting that um, it's going to be difficult to upgrade from hardware three to hardware four for existing customers, uh, which will be very interesting because I think uh, full self-driving was promised in hardware three, which is obviously happening, happening in North America, but uh, seeing more fun functionality in hardware four, as you'd expect. Um, I'm reading this too up here that... Um, this uh, green, green only had to black out some of the serial numbers because um, this anonymous donor in the past, well, previous donors uh, have had issues with warranty after uh, Green did a teardown of hardware too. <laughs> so Tesla do watch stuff like this, don't they? Yeah, I think uh, it seems to be that there is, you know, they're keeping an eye out on who's doing what, I mean, just as they try to do with people that buy Teslas and sell them for a bit of a profit. Um, but you know, either way, someone will tear it down. If it's not green, the only, then it is, uh, probably a professional engineering company like Monroe and associates that do tear down, um, cars for engineering evaluation. So, you know, but those are more commercial things like for other manufacturers to see what Tesla's doing or sort of learn from each other type of thing. So interesting to see how this is all panning out, but, I guess I don't think this is the end of that story. I think there is, um, you know, Tesla may add more components to it. The board seems to be ready for other upgrades as well. So, you know, Tesla wants to produce something and they want to future-proof it as well as make it backwards compatible. In this case, hardware three cars may not be able to be upgraded to hardware four, but as you say, Tom, they are um, sort of being upgraded um over time as well so um we'll see what happens yeah it's never a dull moment at tesla is there there's always someone pulling something down so <laughs> good to see um let's say some more i'll uh, say hello to some more people on the stream so let's have a look uh sate saying tesla intro page is also changing all right we should have a look at that too i guess mm. the melbourne lad missed the start get later all good thanks for joining us as well um, and yeah, Ray's making a good point. Public is not stupid. And looking at EVs more than ice with reference to, uh, you know, uh, buying a new car. And also, I guess, Riz, we should talk about the fact that, <clears throat> um, in 2023, you know, buying an ice versus an EV, you know, the future is in EVs. It's going to affect your resale value buying an ice surely these days. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, are um, have, are considering it, they know, you know, it's, it's out there. They know someone now. There's enough of electric vehicles around. They know someone that has them, and they know that that's what the future is. Funnily enough, the same media that has been bad-mouthing electric vehicles over the last couple of years here in Australia and globally is now, you know, promoting some of the benefits of EVs as such. Um, but at the same time, you know, people get it that it's here and they promote it as the future of the, you know, transport is electric vehicles. So things are slowly changing, but at the same time, uh, people really are no, no longer silly. They can see it. They go to the shopping centers. If they've got a charger, they're generally close to the entrance. Um, they'd be seeing electric vehicles being charged there. And it's so Often, if I'm at the charger or around the charger, you can see people coming up to electric cars, having a look at the little charge box, um, you know, if it's one of those wall boxes or Tesla chargers, just having a quick squeeze at what it's all about. And 
asking questions um, from existing owners. So, and they're not the type of people that just try and come up to you and put you down. They're more like just curious, like how many kilometers do you get out of this car? Like, is it easy to drive? What do you like about it? So people are curious, they're interested, and I think that that's going to be one of the big challenges that manufacturers, traditional manufacturers in Australia will have to face because people want these vehicles now, and if you can supply them, you can sell them, and that's why we're seeing Tesla, BYD, Volvo, who's committed to only selling electric cars in by 2026, and other, well, Polestar, other brands that are more electric-centric or are moving in that direction, they're going to benefit from the sales on the back of this from Australian customers. Yeah, all great points, Riz. Um, you know, <clears throat> people aren't stupid, right? As Ray said, they will see the writing on the wall. Um, they do the maths and go, yeah, electric vehicles are better uh, economically as well day to day. And don't forget, 8.8% of new car sales were EVs last month, which means that one in 10 people at least are interested in EVs and probably more in that sort of thinking about it moment as well. So, as you said, if you're charging a vehicle publicly, there's probably a few people who are going to walk past your car and go, hmm, that's not too bad, an idea, you know. It's time neutral. I can charge my car while I'm doing my shopping or having a bite to eat in the shops. And it's no different if I don't have a, a home charger. So, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. And, you know, brands like BYD, as we discussed on Thursday, are meeting people where they are, putting their, uh, you know, showrooms in shopping centers. So they're catching that foot traffic. Um, yeah, it's very interesting times ahead. I was talking to um, a couple of weeks ago when BYD had over 750 electric vehicles in a parking lot here in Melbourne um, getting ready for the closure of the subsidies. I was talking to the dealership, one of the experience centre managers, I guess, uh, here in Dandenong, southeast of Melbourne. And I've known him for years because he used he, they run the main dealership for Ford. And they, when BYD wanted to open an experience center, they basically got rid of some of the Ford vehicles from half the showroom and converted it into a little BYD experience center. And talking to him sort of six months or eight months in, he just says, he said, early, early on, we were delivering all the customers that had orders for these cars and they knew what they wanted. Now we just get randoms off the street coming in, putting deposit and buying it straight away. So basically, you know, he has a good way of comparing it to his Ford brand, and he says Ford people just want the Ranger that I'm selling right next to the BYDs. But generally speaking, those people are not, um, they're also buying a Ford, and sometimes they hop across and have a look and say, I'll buy this for the wife. So things are changing quite quickly, and people, it, it's getting to more and more sort of mass market now. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, some people say EVs are more expensive, but again, the smart people will do the maths and say, yeah, the BYD is, what, 50000 on the road. If it's $10,000 more than the ICE car I was going to buy, uh, with the way petrol prices are rising, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be cost neutral in about five years' time. So it depends how long you keep the car. It's it's definitely a good value proposition, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, hello, Gaffer. Nice to see you there. Um, hey, what do you know? I'm awake. <laughs> you are indeed, and so are we. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm very uh, encouraged by uh, the number of live viewers at this time of day. So thank you very much, uh, everyone, for joining us this morning. Uh, and Ray says, I'm still pushing for charges at your local shopping center. Look, that's a really good point. Um, if you want shopping charges at your local shopping center, go and speak to center management. Chances are they're probably already thinking about it. So if you've got more people pushing them, 
from the public and writing official emails and letters, I think, I think you know, it'll push them over and say, you know what, maybe we should put charges in our car parks. So good point. I, I think it's getting to a stage now. Good point there, Tom and, and Ray. Like the, It's getting to a point now where like we're seeing just internally, there's a lot of shopping center operators now that are really taking this electric vehicle charging um, sort of seriously. So the chances are a lot of these shopping centers are owned by bigger groups. So, for example, vicinity centers that owns Chadston, owns a couple of other ones, Westfield, should really be thinking about charges. I know they haven't really announced something major yet, but I think they're doing it because now vicinity that owns Chatston is doing it. They will be doing it. Um, there's a lot of other smaller operators uh, that are also thinking about it. So it's it's happening. It's just a little bit on the slow end. But now that as we've sort of been talking earlier, that there's a lot more electric cars on the road, people are taking this seriously. And now they're even the you know, engineering companies that advise those shopping centers are having those conversations with them that, hey, we've got this sort of power at site. Let's, mm. you know, think about some EV charging and a potential form of revenue. And we know as EV drivers, as if the plug is there, people are happy to pay for it and use it. I don't think free charging is a good solution long term. So, you know, it's, it could be another revenue source. Those car parks would be generating revenue for these shopping centers. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think DC charges should definitely not be free because, um, you know, they are a limited resource and people want to get back on the road quickly for a reason. Um, have a look at my video. I just recently checked out some NG charges at um, at Warriorwood Square near me, which is uh, vicinity as well. So good to see them getting on board. AC charges, I think, are a bit different. I think it's a good value add for the center. Although another way to do it is maybe, um, you know, have a, a docket or a coupon. If you spend X amount of money in the shops, you can get free AC charging or whatever. The same they do for parking. So, yeah, I think there's some some ideas for future business. And I think with um, AC charging, you're, you're right, just like touching on this very quickly, Tom. I think AC yeah. charging, yes, can be as a value add as well. Um, just the number of bays, like, if, we, yeah. if if the EVs are increasing so rapidly month on month, 10%, then we sort of, you know, need to ensure that it's 5, 10, 15 bays available for people uh, with electric cars. So, yeah, it, it's changing and it's happening. Yeah. I had a funny comment actually on one of my videos recently. And someone was trying to be funny and saying, oh, what happens when the whole world is EVs? We need more charges, right? I thought, no, hang on. Uh, if the whole world is EVs, then we just convert all the, the parking spots to EV charging <laughs> spots and no one's going to complain anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny paradox. Riz, <laughs> um, let's move on to the next article here. Yeah, so, um, you know, Teslas are good cars in many ways, um, but they're not perfect. And one of the things that uh, a lot of owners have been talking about is the Viper controls. Mm. Uh, and... The auto wipers are uh, okay, not great. Other manufacturers have done a better job at that over time. But one of the main things that's been missing is a way to trigger wipers from your steering wheel. Um, You can, there is a little stalk, but then if you want to change the speeds of the wipers, you have to physically touch the screen again. Um, now they're moving that functionality with future software updates straight to your steering wheel. So there's a way now where you can set, I think, the left control wheel um, uh, as a Viper sort of speed function. So you can adjust your Viper speeds that way as well. 
um, good to see them listening to customers and, you know, making those changes. Yeah, that's right. I think in the earlier update, 2023 or 12, you could do that already, but now they've added the functionality to that menu, which is really good. As you touched on, Riz, the auto wipers are a bit of a disgrace at the moment um, with Tesla. Uh, it seems to, I think it's camera-based, so it catches the light, especially at twilight or um, in the evening when the lights are on in the streets. So, yeah, it's a bit of a hassle at the moment, but especially when you go on autopilot or cruise control, the wipers just do their own thing. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, the other part as well is that they are doing a lot of work on it. Um, Elon Musk has said that on Twitter that they are working through it now. They agree that it is, um, it's an issue and that, you know, they will be working on it in the coming weeks and months to release new software that will see more and hopefully is more accurately able to see whether there is actual rain and what speed the wipers need to be and the rest of it. So it's the improvements are coming. And I think that's one thing that you, you know, you see with Tesla that you will not see with any other manufacturer doing it in the way Tesla does it, how quickly the feedback is received. And because they control the software, the hardware, the updates, yeah. the, you know, they can they can get it done. Whereas any other manufacturer, if that was if there was any improvements needed, the chances are you wouldn't even know which supplier wrote the software, who supplied the wiper blades, and does the company even care? It's too hard for them to go through back up the chain and make those changes and then get dealers to implement it so that's you know the advantage of um connected cars and what tesla does really well yeah that's right some of the um some of the evs don't even have connectivity as we found out with some of our test drives so yeah good point um elon musk mentioned actually smart wipers uh smart auto wiper software releases in about three weeks at least he's been more realistic now three weeks as opposed to two weeks so Good to see Elon's uh, maturing. <laughs> What's three weeks mean? Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it's never easy, isn't it? Uh, you know, smart wipers. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things that go behind the scenes there with software and engineering. So we'll see what happens. Um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, let's take some more comments about AC charging here from the chat. Thanks, guys, for doing this. I appreciate all the engagement. Uh, so Gaffer says there was a New South Wales incentive to install chargers. Yes, that's right. Mm. Uh, push the idea to many businesses I supported. Excellent. Especially clubs. Perfect place for a bank of AC chargers and bring them in the punters. Yep. Uh, assuming you mean RSL clubs and things like that. Mm. Yep. Um, Sate says hope shopping center, shopping complex increase more charging spots. Free charging is getting more of a nuisance than benefit. Agree with you guys totally. That's good. Um Yep, Sid Jaguar, Bunnings Warehouse can easily get into the EV charging game. Plenty of space plus solar panels in most locations, 100%. Bunnings needs to get on board. Um, and Ray saying, yes, uh, Bunnings are looking at EV truck deliveries and charges. Hmm. Sean says, Tesla's not perfect. How dare you? How dare you indeed? <laughs> um and Gaffer says, if you dare use the wipers to clean your screen in the afternoon, it's touch or go if they ever stop. Yeah. So true, right? Particularly in the twilight, uh, where the light dances off this, the glass. It's quite funny. There's, you know, there. As we sort of said, no car is perfect, um, and you know, some people are able to cope with things a bit more than others. And I, I think the the Teslas, the fact that you know, as owners and those that talk to owners know that because things change and they're listening to people, um, that's 
just a value offering that you know that if there's an issue, they'll potentially fix it. Um, so whereas other manufacturers, you know, we're spending a lot of money on these electric cars. You buy a car for hundred thousand dollars or seventy, eighty thousand dollars, whatever it is these days, what the average price of an electric car is now. It's if it's a dumb car, and I say a dumb car, like doesn't get software updates the way it should. Yep. Then you know you're basically sort of stuck with it. So I think there's there's lots of sort of opportunities for manufacturers to make connected cars, but only Tesla can do it the way they can do it. So yeah as tesla supporters and electric vehicle supporters i think there's um lots of positive updates to come as well yeah i think i've definitely been spoiled having a tesla for the last uh, almost eight years uh, where i don't have to bring it to a dealer to update anything really <clears throat> it's all done over the air uh and you know that's the future right imagine bringing your laptop in or your mac or whatever to the Mac shop, Apple shop, or the, the local computer shop to update your software like that would be incredibly frustrating. That's essentially what you're doing with a car, bringing it to a dealer to update the software when it can be done over the air. So. Well, Tom, you are the dealer with a Tesla, so you do it yourself. That's a good tagline. I am the dealer. I like that. <laughs> Ludicrous feature. Um, let's talk a bit about, um, about this article here. Zika is offering EVs in Israel quarter four. Um, yeah, Israel's been an interesting market from what I've sort of been following the last 18 months or so. They haven't had too many electric vehicle models, but then about 12 months ago, a whole lot of them started to enter models and companies we won't even see in Australia. So clearly the appetite for electric vehicles in Israel is quite high because Zika is outside of China. They have This is another brand that's owned by Geely Holdings that owns Lotus and Polestar and Volvo cars. So they've recently launched in Europe, um, quarter four deliveries there as well. And I guess they consider Israel as one of those very high demanding sort of markets for electric vehicles and a place where they can expand very quickly. So 2023 is the year for a lot of the Chinese automakers to basically expand globally because there's so, so much competition in China. They can't sell enough cars there. And if they're ramping production and scaling, you have to find other markets. So these guys are really trying and they're launching cars that are not, you know, um, that haven't been in the market for more than 12 months in international markets now. That's great. I mean, <clears throat> what <clears throat> what's so favorable about, about Israel? Are they, um, is there a change in policy there with EVs or? Uh, I'm actually not too sure why the, that market, maybe because there hasn't been that many offerings there yet. Um, one interesting fact about that uh, Zika X that we're seeing in front of us, um, it's basically underneath, it's the same as the Volvo EX30. <laughs> that is their new affordable, smaller electric hatchback SUV, whatever you want to call it, because it's pretty yeah. small. Um so it's based under the skin, it's roughly the same thing. And it's a bit cheaper in Europe compared to what the EX30 is going to be. So good to see that what Geely Holdings is doing cross-platform adoption as well. It's not the first. Volkswagen and others do it, but it seems that they're doing it really well and they must have a good platform with the underpinnings to go into Volvo, Polestar, Zeker and a few of their other brands as well. So really good to see, um, you know, this has come before the uh, Volvo EX30 has, and P30 
people in Israel have options now. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, you know, if it's affordable, um, people will flock to it. That's for sure. So good to see uh, Chinese brands uh, entering other markets too. Excellent. Um, speaking of Chinese brands, uh, let's discuss this one. So uh, the BYD Dolphin is uh, launching in Thailand. Yeah, they were showcasing it at the Bangkok uh, Motor Show a couple of months ago. So it's good to see that it's happening and seems to be very, very quick, as that tagline says. BYD has brought Dolphin to Australia, Brazil, Singapore in in the past 10 days. Well, as in, you know, it's article's a little bit older now, but last month or so, uh, and now in Thailand. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Uh, the Dolphin, I still haven't had a chance to test drive it, obviously. Um, but we're hoping, what, September for the Dolphin? So, yeah, a good chance to hopefully get into one of those. Um, I think we're also doing a test drive for the MG4, uh, which is the competitor for Dolphin next month. So stay tuned, yes. everyone, for that as well. No, it's good. Good to see them uh, embracing more markets. And yeah, hopefully we'll see more Chinese brands in Australia too, because you know, that's probably the key to affordability long-term, Riz. Yeah, I think that one of the things we are talking about earlier about expensive electric cars, um, we haven't had affordable electric vehicles. Uh, to some, obviously, uh, even the Dolphin and the MG4 are not as affordable but they will be on the used ev market the good thing is they are coming and they will be here in the next couple of months and it'd be really interesting to see the uptake of those vehicles because now we're getting to a stage where you know they're under forty thousand dollars then there's some subsidies applied in certain states and territories um getting very close to their ice equivalent um so yeah the market is only going in one direction and that's more evs on our roads yep and hopefully we'll see ten percent uptake very soon. I would think eight point eight last month. Well, very interesting. Interesting to see what it is for July twenty twenty three. Um, let's take some comments here. So Tesla fan, what home charges do you recommend for Tesla? I mean, you can't go past the Gen three wall connector. It's very good value. And I think Tesla is about to announce an update where you can actually program start and stop times through the app finally, as well. So that should be coming soon. Check that out. I'm also going to be reviewing a Wallbox charger very soon on the channel too, so stay tuned for that one. That could be a good one to check out as well. Otherwise, EVSC have got some uh, charters to check out too. Uh, we've got coupon codes in the description below. Check that out. Uh, Jason says, I'm using Zappy. Yep, another good option. Charge HQ is a good software option as well with solar and battery storage. Uh, there are more smarts with Zappy apparently too. Thanks, Jason. Um, yeah, cool. All right. So, Riz, I think that might do it for today, I reckon, uh, unless there's anything else you want to chat about real quick. No, I think that's we've, – we've seen how the market's changing now sort of globally, and Australians are wanting electric vehicles more than ever now, as we've seen with what happened in June. Um, I don't think there's much turning back. It may be – you know, it may not be um, – as high as last month when it comes to the number of vehicles or percentages, but over, you know, across three months, six months, we're doing a lot better than what we did last year. So it's all happening. There's models coming in. Um, Obviously Tom's going to be reviewing quite a few of the new models that are popping in and just anything to do with EVs. Uh, There's a lot of interest. A lot of industries are coming on board. Um, So yeah, exciting times ahead. 
Yeah, super exciting. Check out Riz's articles on The Driven too. And, you know, stay tuned, obviously, every Thursday and Saturday now. Uh, we'll keep you guys up to date with anything uh, we hear about in industry uh, or with regards to EVs um, or renewables for that matter. So stay tuned, everyone. And, um, yeah, I'm very encouraged to see. <clears throat> I just saw over 60-plus viewers live on a Saturday morning. Uh, so that's very encouraging uh, for Riz and myself to keep going. So we definitely will. And thanks for all the live viewers who joined us uh, this early morning as well. Really appreciate it. Uh, we've got uh, Bluey saying, enjoying the Saturday morning show. Thanks, guys. You're more than welcome. And Jason Archer saying thanks. Tesla saying, Tesla fans saying thanks. So, yeah, thanks, everyone. We'll put these up on audio podcasts as well. Riz, once again, thank you very much for uh, joining us this early uh, on Saturday morning. Well, thanks, Tom. And thanks, everyone. If you've got any feedback on or anything that you'd like to suggest, you know, feel free to um, add it in the comments. And if you're watching it sort of when we're not live, um, any suggestions would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time on Ludicrous Feed Live. Thank you, Riz. Thanks, Tom. See you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye now.